Amen. Let's turn to the word of the Lord tonight. And I know, I know that in our midweek service, uh, for some time we've been doing a series of studies. And I really, really, um, I, I wrestled for a little while this afternoon because I, the subject that we're in, uh, in our midweek Bible study series is vitally important. And especially at this particular moment. And, um, and I really wanted to go that direction and wanted to, uh, to get back into that study. Uh, we've been dealing with the things that Peter said we should add to our faith. And we are currently in uh, the subject of brotherly kindness, brotherly love. And what a, what a vital subject that is, especially right now uh, when everybody's trying to hoard things and and uh, fighting with one another in the grocery store aisles and, and whatever else madness is going on in this old world. Uh, we need a fresh baptism of brotherly kindness, that's for sure. And, and maybe, maybe next week we'll go back into it. I don't know. But, but uh, sometime late this afternoon, I felt like the Lord just changed my direction altogether. And, and uh, I'm not entirely certain how all this is going to come out. But I'm just going to try to talk to you from my heart tonight and, and hopefully, hopefully help somebody. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll begin with verse number 7. And I, I've got a lot of verses. I don't know how much of that we'll get through. Some of it are long portions, and we may cut through some of those portions. But, but um, just got some things that I really feel on my heart tonight to say to the church and to everyone that's listening. Um, we, we do have guests that are listening online, I've been told, and, um, and we're glad that you are. We're glad that you're listening. And um, I, I hope that what I feel on my heart tonight will be a help to you as well. Second uh, Timothy chapter 1, Second Timothy chapter 1, and beginning with verse number 7, the Apostle Paul is writing, he says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's, it's a verse that's being used a lot right now. Uh, that's not really what I'm going to focus on so much as, as what the apostle said after that. Because some of us may not be uh, fearing the virus. Uh, there may be other things that we're concerned about. And I want to I want to look at what Paul says. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Verse 8, be not, therefore, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know 
whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I want to talk to you tonight about a place of safekeeping. A place of safekeeping. Amen. Why don't we uh, bow our heads, lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's ask God to speak to us tonight. Can we do that? Uh, we, we need his touch right now. We need his word to do a work in our lives. Let's everybody talk to the Lord together right now. of the Spirit. I want to walk in the Holy Ghost tonight. I want to feed the flock of God, Lord, and if there is anyone listening tonight whose heart is not right with you, I pray that something that's said tonight would bring them to a place, oh God, of repentance before you. We need your touch tonight, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, by faith for what you're going to do. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Could we take just a moment more and worship the Lord together? Let's praise him together. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, after he has spoken to Timothy about all these things, and he says, look, Timothy, there's nothing to be afraid of. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us power and love and a sound mind. And then he goes on to talk about the fact that he is indeed suffering things. He is indeed going through troubles and problems. And, and uh, uh, everyone will who lives for God. You know, some, at some point we have to get a hold of the fact that, that uh, living for God is not a guarantee of a rosy path between here and heaven. What it is, is a guarantee that the Lord's going to walk with us no matter how difficult the path may get. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the apostle begins to talk about all of these things. And then he says in verse 12, here's the reason, Timothy, that I'm not worried about anything. It's because I know, I know whom I have believed. Amen. There's some things about this God that I serve that I'm convinced of. I've watched him through the years. I've seen him act. I know what he's capable of and I know how much he loves me I know who I am believing in and I want to tell you this Timothy what I know about him has convinced me that he is able to keep whatever I put into his hands oh hallelujah amen amen now as, as I look at, at this what, what, what Paul is saying to Timothy is I have a deep 
comprehension of the one to whom I have entrusted my spiritual well-being. Amen. And I am convinced I have been set at peace by the confidence that God has the sufficient power to guard, to preserve, to save whatever I deposit into his hands. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's amazing when you look at the rich depth of these words and phrases in the original language. And, and as you start understanding exactly what the Apostle Paul said. It's beautiful in our King James Bible, but oh, the depth of what he is conveying. Uh, uh, the church folks know I like to refer to the Riggin Revised Version. Amen. It is, it's my way of saying when I look into the original language, this is what I see in this verse. Let me give you my translation of, of 2 Timothy 1 and 12. It says this, I fully understand the character of the God I trust. And that knowledge has convinced me that his power is sufficient to guard those things I deposit in his care. And he will preserve them until the last day. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope you got a hold of that tonight. I fully understand the character of the God that I serve. I know he's never left me. He's never failed me. He's never let me down. He's never disappointed me. Hallelujah. I know I can put my confidence and my trust in him because his power is sufficient. To take care of whatever I face. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Paul stated he had come to the place where he had enough confidence in God that the things that meant the most to him could be surrendered to God for the Lord's safe keeping. And I want to say to all of us tonight, somehow we got to get to that same mindset. Somehow in the midst of this that is going on in the world around us, uh, we've got to reach a place uh, where we're not living uh, in, in fear and we're not worried. What's going to happen to the stock market? What's going to happen to the economy? I refuse to live, uh, amen, in fear of those things. Uh, this much I know. He's shown us plenty of examples, Brother Goffa, uh, of people in times of famine when the Lord stepped in and took care of his own. Whatever happens to the economy, whatever happens to the nation, I'm telling you, my confidence is not in who's in the White House. My confidence is who is sitting on the throne. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. And I know if I can find a place of prayer and I can put it in his hands, he's got sufficient power. To take care of everything that I commit to him. And I will tell you the biggest problem we've got, saints of God, is that sometimes we don't want to let go and let God. Well, praise God. Sometimes we want to 
keep trying to fix it. We want to sit down and, and work our way through it logically. We, we, want to, we, we want to let our emotions control the decisions of the day. Amen. But I'm going to tell you at some point, saint of God, the only way we're going to make it through the days ahead is if we can learn to get a confidence in God that everything I am and everything I have is in the hands of God and there's no safer place for it to be. Amen. Yes, I've got loved ones. Oh, I just feel like preaching for a little while tonight. Amen. I've got loved ones I'm worried about. I've got people I'm concerned about. But I'm going to tell you this, Brother Hilton. I've, I've committed them into the hands of God and there is no better place for them to be than in God's hands. He knows how to fix it. He knows how, oh, Jesus help me. He knows how to take care of it. He knows exactly what to do and there aren't enough devils in hell that can make him lose his grasp. Hallelujah. Amen. This is really, you know, I mentioned a while ago, folks trying to hoard things and, and you know what it is? It, it's people trying to let their emotions and their logic and their fear run their lives. Amen. They, they think they can prepare enough. Amen. For whatever's coming. But I'm going to tell you the real preparation we need is not in toilet paper. The real preparation that we need, Amen. I know we need we we need hand sanitizer. We need we we need we need the right cleaning product. I understand all that, and I'm not making light of it. But I'm going to tell you something. We got to get some confidence in God's ability, Amen. We do what we can do, but the rest of it we just put in God's hands. As long as I live for Him, as long as I'll serve Him, as long as I'll keep Him first, it doesn't matter what comes my way. God is is going to take care of it. Amen. But I got to let go of it. I got to let go of it in order for God to take care of it. Amen. I, I read a poem some years ago. I want to just share it with you very quickly. And, and saints, you know how I don't like reading to you. I, I, um, I don't like it because I say that you know, it's hard enough to keep people awake when I'm preaching as it is. And when I start reading, some folks seem to think it's a bedtime story. And so that really puts them off to sleep. Um, but, but this is very brief, so just hang with me for just a second. It's entitled Broken Dreams. It says, as children bring their broken toys with tears for us to mend, I brought my broken dreams to God because he was my friend. But then instead of leaving him in peace to work alone, I hung around and tried to help with ways that were my own. At last I snatched them back and cried, how can you be so slow? My child, he said, what could I do? You never did let go. Amen. I want to let go of every situation. Listen, as uncertain as the future may be for us right now, I'm going to tell you, if we're going to try to figure things out and we're going to try to work them out on our own, we're going to mess it up every time. It's only going to get worse as man tries to solve the problem. But if we can put things into the hands of God and leave them there, let God take care of every situation. Let 
him take care of every need. I'm telling you, God is able to keep what I commit unto him. There are some things. Now, I, 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 I told you that really when you, when you look at these phrases, these words in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, there, there's, there's a depth here that sometimes we miss. And, and, and Paul said that I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I have committed. Committed. I want to say committed. That word committed, really, it literally means to make a deposit for the purpose of protection. It's, it's like putting something in a safe deposit box. That's the idea behind this word committed. And Paul said, whatever I deposit into God's safe deposit box, God is never going to lose it. God is never going to mess it up. It's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. We've got to learn to deposit some things into the hands of God. Can I take just a few more moments of your time and talk about some of the things that we need to deposit? Amen. Some of the things that we need to put into God's hands. First of all, I want to tell you, friend, if you're listening tonight, uh, amen, I deal with so many people who say God could never love me. God could never uh, reach me. God would never do anything for me because of my past, uh, because of where I've been because of what I've done can I tell you the first thing we got to learn to deposit into God's hands is our past Philippians chapter 3 I'm skipping through some things here for time's sake tonight but Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 brethren I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Have you ever sat and thought about what it must have been like for the Apostle Paul at night? How many times when he would lay down to go to sleep, the devil would remind him of bursting into Christians' homes, of arresting good one God people, amen, of seeing people put to death. How many times did he relive the stoning of Stephen in his mind? It would have driven him crazy, but he said, I learned to do this. He Man, I forgot those things that are behind and I've started reaching for something new. I'm here to preach to somebody, amen, that's listening to this message tonight. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your past is. If you'll put it in the hands of God, it's going to be all right. God knows how to fix it. God knows how to deal with it. In fact, the scripture says, Psalm 103 verse 12 says this as far as the east as far, is from the west as the east is from the west so far has so he removed our transgressions has he from removed us. our transgressions from us hallelujah amen amen as far as the east is from the west amen i included this in my in my second book on the new birth uh, i've talked about it behind this pulpit before amen but it's interesting to me the psalmist did not say that god put my sins as far as the north is from the south uh, and, and there's a reason why he didn't. Uh, amen. If you take that globe, uh, amen, and put your finger at the North Pole, the fact of the matter is the first movement uh, off of the North Pole, I don't care what direction you go, when you're at the North Pole, uh, amen, the first movement is always south. 
it's always south. And if you're at the South Pole, the first movement is always north. So I'm here to tell you there is a place on this earth where north and south meet. There is a place on this earth where north and south meet. But if you'll put your finger on the equator and start traveling east, you can go all the way around the globe. Amen. Come back to where it starts. Hallelujah. And you'll never start going west. If you put your finger there and you start moving west, you can go all the way around the globe and you never start going east. I'm going to tell you the north and south meet, but east and west don't. And this is what the Lord promised us. If you'll bring your sins to me, if you'll lay them at my feet, if you'll kneel at an old-fashioned altar and repent of those things, I'm going to put them as far from you as the east is from the west. In other words, you're never going to meet up with them again. They're going to be forever gone. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. The Bible tells a story in John chapter 8, and I'm going to have to hurry here. And the Bible tells a story in John chapter 8 of, of a woman that was taken in adultery. She was caught, the Bible says, in the very act. And, and so there's no question about what she's done. There, there's, there's, no, there's no way to, to, to pretend she wasn't in sin. This woman was caught in the act. And they brought her to Jesus. And they wanted to use her as an example. And of course, most of you know the story. Most of you understand, amen, that uh, when they brought him and said, Master, the, the law says uh, that anybody caught in adultery needs to be stoned. Uh, amen. What, what, what do you say we do with her? Of course, the reason for this question was Jesus didn't have the civil authority to command a stoning. And, and if he had said stone her, then he would have been in trouble with the Roman law. But if he said don't stone her, he was in trouble with the Jewish law. So they, they wanted to catch him. So when they asked the question, he just stooped down and wrote in the sand. And then when finally he looked up again, he said to them, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then he stooped down and started writing again. Amen. And then we get to verse 10. John chapter 8 and verse 10 read. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are, thou, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn Neither thee. Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no Just more. Just go and sin no more. I want to tell you, this is what God does. Amen. This is the way God sees it. If you'll come to him in honest repentance, amen, he's not going to bring condemnation on you. He'll forgive you. But now he does tell us, don't go back to that old way of life. I'm going to help you to change. I don't want you just to keep on doing what you've done, but I'm going to give you the power. He said, I'm not going to condemn you, woman. Just don't go back and do it again. I'm here to preach to somebody. If you'll deposit your past with the Lord and leave it there, he knows how to take care of it. He knows how to deal with it. 
Amen. I'm trying to hurry tonight. Amen. We got to deposit our past with him. We got to deposit our possessions with him. As I said, a lot of folks have been worried over the last several days about their 401ks and about about, uh, their jobs and their finances and concerned about what's going to happen. And I understand the concern and I I share those concerns and my heart bleeds for those that are uh, out of work and and uh, I, I, I do understand uh, the situation at hand. I'm not making light of it. But I'm just going to tell you something. Amen. In these troubled times especially, we'd better learn to put all of our possessions in the hands of God. We better learn to just trust Him. Whether the market goes up or down. Amen. Whether our jobs fold or flourish. We got to keep everything that we have in the hands of God. Matthew chapter 26 tells about Jesus being in the house of Simon the leper. Amen. And a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Amen. The disciples got mad. Why? Why are you letting her waste this? Amen. One of the, one of the gospels said it could have been sold for 300 pennies. Amen. This was a year's wages. Amen. That she could have taken this and sold it for a year's wages and given it to the poor but Jesus looked at them and he said why are you troubling this woman she's done a good thing the poor you have with you always but me you have not always amen he went on to tell her amen read for me verse number 13 verily I say unto you wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world there shall also this, and that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. I'm going to tell you something. I'm here preaching about her more than 2,000 years later because she learned to put her prized possessions in the hands of the master. She gave away what meant the most to her. But I'm going to tell you, in the place of that prized possession, she was given an eternal honor. Wherever the gospel is preached, this story is told. And this woman is recognized for the sacrifice she made. There was a small boy that gave away his sack lunch, but he received a miracle supper. Amen. He fed a multitude. Amen. And his story was recorded in God's holy word. There was a widow woman that gave the last bit of meal and oil, but she received provision that lasted her throughout the famine. I'm here to tell you tonight, amen, it doesn't matter what happens financially. We've got a God that knows how to take care of his people. If we'll be faithful to him, if we'll commit our possessions into his hands, he will take care of us. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We got to commit our past to him. We got to commit our possessions to him. We've got to commit our posterity to him. Amen. Our children, our grandchildren. I'm telling you, I, I, I look around at the things that are happening. I look around at the situations that we're facing right now. I, I, I made mention of this the other night, but when we came here, uh, to the church on Sunday morning and, and uh, I had 
gotten word it looked like they weren't even going to let us do what we're doing right now as far as a live stream I was troubled those that were here practicing could tell you I, I, I fought back tears as I talked about you precious saints of God what are you going to do if, if we can't get together if we can't do something amen what's going to happen how are we going to get our spiritual nourishment amen and I'm going to be honest amen the thought crosses my mind amen will my grand children ever be able to sit in an apostolic service uh, like I was raised in? Uh, will they be able to, gra- to gather together with people and freely worship? I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know the president's saying now he's going to try to get things turned around by Easter. Amen. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this regardless uh, of what happens. Uh, I'm going to put my children and my grandchildren into the hands of God. Amen. I'm going to put my spiritual children into the hands of God. God loves them more than I ever could. And as long as I've got them in God's hands, he's going to take care of them. He spoke to Abraham and said, take your son, your only son, and offer him as a sacrifice. And you know how Abraham looked at it? He told his servants, you stay here. I and the lad go yonder to worship, not to whine. To worship. Well, hallelujah. We're not going up there to feel sorry for ourselves. I'm not going to walk up that mountain biting my fingernails. I'm going to go up there worshiping. And whatever God asks me to do, I'm putting my posterity in the hands of God. Hallelujah. We talked about it the other day. The fact of the matter is Abraham said God gave him to me when my body was dead and Sarah's body was dead. He can raise this boy from the dead if he has to. But Abraham was willing to put his son in the hands of God. As much as Hannah wanted a son and prayed diligently for a son when God gave her a son she walked him to the house of the Lord and said I'm giving him back to you God. I'm going to put him in your hands. Don't you think that mama wanted to see that boy every day? Don't you think she wanted to be there when he got home from school? Don't you think she wanted to watch him learn the basics, amen, in his education? Don't you think she wanted to celebrate him on? But she said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put him in God's hands. I'm going to give him to God because God can do so much more with him than what I'm able to do. I'm preaching to a mama right now that's worried about your children. I'm preaching to a daddy, amen, that's fretting over your grandchildren. I'm here to tell you, I've got a word from the Lord for you tonight. Put them in God's hands. Put them in God's hands. There's no better place for them to be. Oh, hallelujah. Jochebed tried to hang on to her son. She tried for as long as she could. The Bible said she just couldn't hide him any longer. Said we got to do something. Finally, finally she gave him up. Put him in a basket and put him in the river. But as Paul Harvey would say, you know the rest of the story. Amen. She gave him up. She gave up her son, but she received a deliverer. Hallelujah. In fact, the beauty of it was she was paid wages to raise that son that she gave up. Hallelujah. Amen. Pharaoh gave her the money to take care of that boy that she gave up. 
Well, praise God. And I'm going to tell you, Mama did a good enough job in what time she had that when it came time to make a choice, the Bible says that Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than to have the pleasures of sin for a season. Listen to me, mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas. There's no better place for you to go than into the hands of God with your children, with your grandchildren. Give them to God. Find a place of prayer and pray a hedge about them. God's going to take care of them. Amen. Hannah gave up her son and received a prophet. Jochebed gave up her son and received a deliverer. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm telling you, God knows how to take the things we give him and make them so much better. He knows how to make them so much better. We got to give our possessions, our past, our posterity. And we got we to commit our problems to the Lord. 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 says this. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He careth for you. Saints of God, I'm telling you, this is a verse that you need to quote, amen, every time you start feeling down, every time you start questioning, is everything going to be all right? You need to remind yourself, I can cast every care on him because he really does care about me. He really does care about my worries, about my concerns. He cares about my burdens. He cares about my tears. I can cast every care on him. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus has a way of doing things. Amen. The disciples found themselves in a storm and, uh, We know, we know that when he walked on the water and stepped into the boat, Matthew 14, verse 32, says this. And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. The wind ceased. We know that. Jesus was able to speak and the storm just died. But that's not all he did. John tells us there was another dimension to what the Lord did for his disciples in in, in that time of storm. John 6 and 21 says this. Then they willingly received him into the they ship. They received him into the ship. And immediately. And immediately. The ship was at the land whither they went. Not only did the storm stop. Now look, you can go back and read the story. This boat was in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. That means, and it, it literally, it's, the word is the midst. It, was, it literally means the center. It was halfway to either shore. But sitting there, the Lord not only brought the sun out and made the, the waves lie down, but all of a sudden that little ship became a Holy Ghost speedboat. And when they looked up again, they were at their destination. Listen to me, saints. I don't know how desperate this storm is going to get but I do know this much when God gets ready he's able to say peace be still and bring us safely to the other side if we'll just commit our problems to him then then the fifth and final thing we got to commit to the Lord is we got to commit our paths We've got to commit our paths. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 
and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, now, now we, we know these verses. Probably many of you that are listening can quote these verses, at least in part. You can, you can quote them. You know the content of the verse. But I just want to show you again, first of all, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your understanding. Don't try to figure out the best way to solve the problem. I'm going to tell you, our understanding will never figure out spiritual things. The carnal mind cannot understand the things of God. And then he says this, in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy, what is that next word? Paths. Paths. It's, it's not path, but thy paths. No matter where we go, no matter what path we're talking about, if you'll learn to lean on him and not trust in your own understanding, it doesn't matter what path we're talking about, God will direct it. If it's our earthly path, amen, this is a long reading, but I think I've got a few minutes here. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Listen to what he says about our earthly path. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Don't what take you, thought for your life. What you shall eat. What you're going to eat. What you shall what drink. What you're going to drink. Nor yet for your body. Oh, what hallelujah. What you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat? Come on, the body somebody. More than raiment? Come on, somebody. I, I know, you know, it's easier to shout to these verses when, when Walmart's shelves are stocked. Right. Come on. It's easier to say, yeah, God's going to take care of me. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat as long as the paycheck is coming in. But the Word of God doesn't change because a virus has swept the world. The Word of God still stands true and strong. And he said what we've got to realize is, amen, we, we've got to realize that life is more than meat. And the body is more than raiment. Read. Behold the fowls of the air. Look at the birds. For they sow not. They don't sow. Neither do they reap. They're not doing one thing for the kingdom of God. Nor gather into barns. Read. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. But I'm them. telling you, God's got his eye on the sparrow. God's got his eye on the birds. They're not doing anything to promote his kingdom. They're not winning souls. They're not adding to the church. But God created them and God loves his creation. And God watches over the birds that are not benefiting his kingdom. He feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Read. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto, its, unto his stature? Uh -huh. And why take ye thought for raiment? Why are you worried about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Look at the flowers. They toil not, neither do they spin. Look at the flowers. What benefit are the flowers? Well, they're pretty. Well, they smell good. But what benefit do they provide to the kingdom of God? Well, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, in spite of the fact 
that they are not doing one thing in a spiritual sense. And I, I understand photosynthesis, and I, I, we're not, but I'm talking about the spiritual side of things. They're not doing one thing to move the kingdom of God forward. And yet, what did he say about them? And yet I say unto you say to that you, even Solomon in all his glory in was not arrayed like one of these. Couldn't dress the way these do. And, and who dresses them? Your heavenly Father. Read. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass God of the field, so clothed the grass of the field, which today which is, today is and tomorrow is and cast tomorrow into the oven, cast into the oven. Shall he not? Shall he not much more clothe oh, you? Oh, listen, child of God, don't you think God's going to take care of you? You're worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm telling you, put your faith in God. God can direct your earthly path. Amen. God can give you a better job. God can put you in a better place. God can take care of you. He's that big. He's that wise. He's that great. Don't get worried about all of these things. Amen. Put your focus on the one that can really help you. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Read. O ye of little faith. O ye of little Therefore faith. take no thought, saying, What shall we, what eat, shall we or eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Yeah. For after all these things that's do the Gentiles seek. The nations seek after. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye he have knows, need of all these things. He knows you need these things. He created us. He knows what we need. But here's what he said. But seek ye but first seek ye the kingdom of first, God. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And his righteousness. And all these things now, shall be now, added now unto look, you. Look, he said seek first. Everyone say first. Usually when you use the word first, it's because there's a second coming. But he didn't say seek first the kingdom of God and second seek these things. He just said make seeking the kingdom of God the first priority and then you won't have to seek anything else. If you'll seek the kingdom of God, all these things shall. Somebody say shall. All these things shall be added unto you. I'm here to preach to somebody tonight in uncertainty times I am certain of one thing I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day I'm not worried about tomorrow because I know my tomorrow is in his hands oh hallelujah hallelujah amen we didn't finish that did we read on read on Take therefore no thought take for no the morrow, for, for the morrow shall take thought for the things uh, of itself. Let tomorrow get here when it gets here. All of the worry in the world, you can stay up all night tonight, pace the floor until you wear a hole in the rug, and it's not going to change what's coming tomorrow. Amen. But if you'll have a little talk with Jesus, everything can be all right. Amen. The morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Listen to the promise of God. Isaiah 26 verse 3. 
Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. You'll keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind whose is stayed mind on thee. mind is stayed. It's stayed. Somebody hear this preacher tonight. Amen. Every time the devil throws something in my path and tries to turn my attention to my problems and my troubles, I'm going to make my mind go back to the anchor. I'm going to make my mind go back to the rock. I'm going to make my mind go back to the only one that can really fix any of my problems my mind is going to be stayed on him and as long as it is stayed on him he's going to keep me in perfect peace he will guide our earthly path amen I'm trying to trying to close let me let me come down not only will he guide our earthly path because remember in all these in, in all thy ways Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. It's not only our earthly path. But if we'll acknowledge him in all of our ways, he'll direct our eternal path. I said a while ago, if you're a sinner, if you're a backslider, if you, if you know that you're not living like you need to live, if you know your heart is far from God, I want to tell you, God wants to direct your eternal path tonight. God wants to order your steps in the pages of his word. If you, amen, are willing to give it all to him, deposit it all in a place of safekeeping, find a place to call upon his name. He's got salvation for you. Amen. It's not limited to just those that we would classify as good. He didn't come to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. I'm preaching to somebody tonight uh, there is hope for you in this troubled world there is a plan that God has made to get you out of this world he can direct your eternal path here is amen on the birthday of the church the very first day the church came into being a crowd of at least 3,000 I believe it was many more than that but 3,000 accepted what Peter said so there were at least 3,000 that cried out to him that day and asked him a very vital question Acts chapter 2 verse number 37 now when they heard, had heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, then Peter said to them, Repent and repent, be baptized, every repent. one of you. Repent. Amen. Repent. He didn't say believe. He didn't say accept. Amen. He didn't say confess. He said repent. I know we, we, we can talk later about Romans chapter 10. I'm just pointing you to the very first example of sinners. Amen. Asking about how to be saved. When they said tell us what to do, the first thing Peter said was, you got to repent. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God to help you to change and he will do that and then he said be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ Christ for the remission of sins sins, and you shall shall receive the the gift of the Holy Holy Ghost now here's why I tell you it's not just for those we would classify as good because verse 39 opens it up to everybody listen to what he said for For the the promise is unto you and to your children it's to your children and to all that are afar off are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God 
God as shall the call. Lord our God shall call. I'm here to tell you what you feel on your heart right now is the pulling power of the Spirit of God. He's calling you tonight. And if He's calling you tonight, then this promise is also for you. You can find a place of safekeeping for your soul. You don't have to be afraid of the days that are ahead. There is a God that cares about you and wants to take care of you. If you'll commit your ways to Him, if you'll kneel in a prayer of sincere repentance, asking God to forgive you of your sins, if you'll lift your hands right where you are and ask Him to fill you with this glorious gift called the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God that you're feeling even now will come and flood your heart and your soul. Amen. When you've repented, just begin to praise Him. Just begin to worship Him. Begin to tell Him how wonderful He is. Lay your past aside now. He's forgiven it. Move on to greater things. Amen. And let Him fill you with this glorious power. It's what's going to keep you. It's what's going to take care of you. It's what's going to guide you. Amen. In whatever comes upon this old world. Amen. This gift of the Holy Holy Ghost will thrill you and fill you. It will save you. It will deliver you. Hallelujah. There is a place. There is a place of safekeeping for your soul. Oh, let's talk to the Lord right now. I'm asking everybody that's listening online, would you find a place to pray? Please don't just get up and turn off the stream tonight. Would you please take a moment and talk to the Lord? You're worried about your future. You're worried about your job. You're worried about your health. You're worried about your family. You're worried about your finances. You're worried, you're worried. But I'm going to tell you, there's a place of safekeeping. Put all of those worries, put all of those cares into the hand of the master. Amen. You're going to be surprised. He may not change the situation, but he can sure change the way you feel about it. He can give you peace in the midst of your storm. Surrender to him right now. Yield yourself to him right now. If you feel something all over you, just open your heart. Open your mouth. Begin to praise him verbally. Begin to sing words of praise. Begin to shout words of praise. I'm telling you then, amen, your tongue. God will take control of your tongue. You begin to speak words that you don't even know. Don't worry about it. Don't think it's strange. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2 when they received the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's what happened. Amen. In Acts chapter 10 when they received the Holy Ghost. That's what happened in Acts chapter 19 when they received the Holy Ghost. They spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Would you pray right now? Would you yield yourself to God right now? Would you let God fill you with the Holy Ghost right where you are? Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray.